Well, welcome and aloha, everyone, to my ExoPolitics podcast. This is Dr. Michael Sala, and I'm very pleased to once again have uh, Elena Danan as a guest and looking forward to hearing everything Elena would like to share. Thank you, Michael. Um, I'm very pleased uh, you invited me uh, for a second time. Um, I would like first to give an update regarding to Stefan Chua, the whistleblower from Area 51. Um, I was feeling uh, very remorseful to have allowed him to do an interview with me because he was, he's been asking me a lot. And um, although I gave him the choice, he seemed very determined. And he lost his life. He passed away after the interview, a few days after. So imagine how I, I was feeling. So a few days ago, um, I'd say two, two days ago, I had um, someone contacted me by email saying this person, there's a person very famous in the UFO research community and which is quite mediatic person uh, who would like to, to contact you by phone. So I gave my phone number, this person phoned me. And um, this person said that Stefan Chua had already contacted him um, a while ago and uh, wanting to uh, disclose all his information because he was feeling um, threatened. And uh, so this person said to Stefan, you need really to consider it because it can be very dangerous for you. So please consider it and come back to me if really, really you've decided. But I wouldn't advise because your life will, you know. And this person never heard about him again. And then Stefan contacted me. And this person told me, you know, he was determined. You have nothing to do like this. And if you had refused to do it, he would have asked someone else until someone would have agreed to do it. So this relieved a weight out of my shoulders. And that, that really, I could really, you know, move on and... Uh, and this person said that also I, Stefan, made, gave me, well, offered me the privilege to help me release his burden. And it was an honor. And it really was an honor that um, he chose me to do so. So I really honor this. And um, this is it. And um, well, other people apparently who were, who are in Stephen, uh, Stefan's situation to know things, um, have had a warning as well. So I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the update. Thank you. Yes, that's very important because it does confirm that uh, Stephen Chow was very aware that his life was in danger by coming yes. forward and that he was still wanting to do that. And he pressed and contacted uh, uh, others before contacting you, at least one other that we yeah. know of and then eventually to tell his story through you. And uh, his other thing is that uh, we have his obituary now that it confirmed the date of his passing was uh, March 6, and that he was someone that worked in the Singapore military. 
and I've actually uh, uh, contacted, uh, been contacted by um, some Singapore officials who are looking into his military records. They're looking into it for me, and I did approach their um, uh, their, their military. I sent in a you know uh, a request for his military record. So I hope that we'll uh, we'll get some confirmation about his military records because he says he worked for 10 years and uh, he was in this elite uh, Singaporean squad that was specially trained to to fight um, all sorts of uh, enemies, including extraterrestrials. So that would be great to get that confirmation. Yes. So I thought for this uh, interview, it would be good to introduce my audience more to you and your special background, because I think you have a really remarkable background and your contact experiences are, are something that uh, are very compelling. I, I have read your book, A Gift uh, from the Stars. Um, so in that, in that book, I mean, you, you describe, you give a lot of information, but it seems that uh, there, there's, there's one incident that that really kind of like was was pivotal in everything else that happened and that happened when you were around nine nine years old and in, involved an, an alien rescue so why don't you tell the audience uh, what happened thank you um so i was um abducted abducted by grays from uh, Zetartic, zeta reticuli um what happened um i saw uh, a ufo hovering above the house the night before. And it was a traditional flying saucer, metallic with a dome uh, above and a dome under, very elegant, uh, radiating with an orange halo around it. And it was very, very close to the house. Um, and uh, it, it was there hovering. And uh, my grandmother and, and myself were very... Uh, uh, hypnotized by it and the the ufo suddenly uh changed color to white and just sh shot off in the sky in a zigzag like tum 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 like like this quick like this and uh i need i had last year to do a hypnosis to go undergo hypnosis uh session to really find out what had happened that night because the following morning, the only memory I had was to wake up the following morning in my bed, naked, and uh, my lower body covered by blood. And I had triangular marks in my, um, inside of my, my wrists and a big headache. So I was hospitalized for two months because they couldn't find out what it was. Uh, so going back to this event, um, what hypnosis found out, it was quite mind blowing. I wasn't expecting this. <clears throat> uh, so I was this night, um, a three small greys beamed into my room and there was this blue light beam, um, and it took, they dragged me in. And at the moment I, I, um, I was in, I was unable to speak, move. There was no sound coming out of me. I was like, I was very numb. And it was light, but in the same time, kind of a 
that has a substance that was very weird. And this light allowed us to lift and go through the roof. It, it was going through the materials through the, 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 of the building. Thinking about it afterwards, I, I, I suppose this, is, this was um, maybe of a higher density. Or, or I don't know. Um, people will explain that better than I do because I'm just an experiencer, not a scientist. <laughs> Um, and I was beamed uh, on board the ship. I found myself on the cold floor and the air was very thin. I had difficulty to breathe and the, the, it was very cold. Um, they removed my clothes, my nightgown, very automatically, like very quickly. They are very used to that. They go very fast. It's like a factory. Um, they must do a lot of people in one night. They lay me down uh, on a metallic table. Um, they strapped my, uh, my, um, my ankles, my neck, and my wrists. And these uh, wrist straps had uh, tiny needles, very, very tiny, in, in the shape of a triangle. And uh, I was explained afterwards that was putting a, a kind of a serum in my body to to have to do something to do with my nervous system um so i was there terrified so my, my i i could see my heart was beating and i was breathing but the rest of my muscles weren't functioning and my eyes i had my peripheral vision like everyone but i couldn't move the the eyeballs it was very interesting um i was of course terrified one of them uh, drilled in the back of my head uh, with a two with double needle that was turning very fast. It was very thin needles. I knew afterwards that they had inserted an implant, a tracker. Uh, I could feel the pain, but bearable. It was very painful. But I, I suppose if that had happened without numbing my nervous system, maybe halfway, I don't know, I think I would have died with the, the, the pain. It, it, that's, you know, but it was painful but bearable. And they, they, two other ones, insert something in my belly with a, a long, a oblong metallic instrument. And that was what caused the bleedings. Um, at that moment, th so there were then four small grays, and it was really the synthetic life forms uh, without any feelings, really like robots, inexpressive, cold. And then came a fifth one, small gray, but a little bit bigger, and he looked like a living being. It was a, a biological. Seemed to be the overseer, the, the, the captain of the ship, I don't know. And um, he was very stressed. They were talking by telepathy. And he was hurrying them. I understood he was hurrying them to finish that, that task. And um, at that moment, there was the whole structure just trembled, shaked. And um, it, I was already traumatized and very scared. 
So at that point, uh, it was even more. So how can could that be possible? Before we go on to the next part of the story, maybe you can just explain a little bit so that the the four uh, greys that abducted you, they, they looked synthetic, they looked robotic, uh, but this fifth one came along who was in command. He was a little bit taller and he you, looked more human. So can you explain, what was he like a hybrid or was he like a, another type of grey? It didn't look hybrid. I would say gray, gray, another type of gray, um, with a, no, a small nose, very small. Uh, the the bone structure of the face was more complex, so you could see it was really a real being with all the muscles and the articulation, and the, the cheekbones um, and expressions. He didn't have any eyebrows, but he could frown his his forehead. Um, the muscles were playing on the face. He really looked real, like biological person, but he was a, a gray. I wouldn't, I didn't have the impression he was a hybrid. Maybe he was, I don't know. Uh, but the other ones had features, they were smaller, thinner, and their features were way more simple. No nose, just a slit for the mouth. Um, and a uh, very simple, simple head, so simple, this, uh, simplified at the maximum, I'd say, and uh, very skinny, and uh, they were mo moving like mechanical, like uh, very fast. Mm -hmm. I could see the difference. Right. So so we, we, we could say that uh, so the, the one that was in command, that that's a, an actual gray from Zeta Reticulum, but even the greys from Zeta Reticulum have drones or, or clones or something that look like them that we call greys. We lump them all together, but there's a, a distinct difference so that the greys themselves use grey synthetics as kind of robots to do the menial work. That's it. That's yep. what I, I, I agree totally with that. That's mm -hmm. how I understood it. Mm-hmm. Great. So now you're, you're down there that you've inserted something into your stomach um, and then you start to... Oh, oh look, one, one other thing. Uh, you were talking about hearing the, uh, the, one, the, the one that was in command giving telepathic commands to the other four. So, you know, were, were you hearing the other four? Could you hear the other four communicating amongst themselves? Or was it just the, the one that was in command? You could only hear him. I couldn't hear anyone as long as they were talking telepathically. They weren't mm. communicating with me at all. Oh, I see. And at, when the sheep start to tremble, the first uh, shock, the, I would say the captain, <laughs> uh, he, the biological one, he, he addressed to the synthetics uh, vocally. I think he panicked at something and the first time, the only moment, the only time I heard him talking their language vocally, I think maybe the synthetics are not able, I don't know, I had no idea. Um, so he he spoke like, you know, an insect, um, like, <laughs> sounds like this, okay. like, you know, um, crackling, like, <laughs> like it, was, it was really super freaky. 
and he, he was stressed and in a in a in a hurry and it is he was ordering the other ones and something and they they start to they they removed my um the robotic the drones ones they removed my the straps at my ankles and at my neck and uh they they were about to remove the the um, the, the, the wrists probably they wanted to send me back uh, in a hurry get rid of me in a hurry um at that uh, at that moment just before they managed they they, they, they tried to remove my my wristbands um my ties um the door of the room exploded but not exploded like an explosion with smoke and because it's it wasn't like this it was a big sound, very um, a deaf sound, like sound, I don't know, it was really weird sound, but it was deflagration. And the door just disintegrated. There was no flame, nothing. And it, the, the materials just went into dust. And I, what I thought was smoke, it was in fact dust. And it was like very dusty atmosphere suddenly and debris so and I heard voices of two men behind uh, this door and they were shouting and uh, they they came they came in through the door and that was the most scary moment you know I've had a hypnosis I've told this story so many times when it comes to that moment, I mean, two tall men entered, rushed in. They were wearing spacesuit, what I think, environmental suit or spacesuit, um, like uh, tied to the body, but plasticky field and creamy color. And they had helmets. And with the, the lights and the, the, the dust, I couldn't really see their faces all I could see there was humans with kind of blonde hair but I couldn't really see they had weapons it was small tubes uh, maybe like like this small tubes and they fired rays at the the three the no the four there were four the four synthetics who just collapsed. It went so fast and it was very violent. And uh, one of the men, it went very fast. And while one of the men undid my wrists, bands, um, the other one caught the, the, the gray biolo biological one, the, the captain, I suppose, and he strangled him. That was so shocking because these greys, they are they're frightening appearance, especially for a child and in a child in this situation, um, even for an adult, you know. And But seeing one dying, strangled to death, this is ugly. This is absolutely ugly and horrible. It, but it was kind of a rage because he could have killed him, but he didn't. He wanted, he had pleasure in doing it. And this one, so the one who strangled the gray, 
he lifted me in his arms and I was completely numb and I could feel his, um, the, the plastic feel of his uh, suit against my, my, my face. And uh, they ran with me um, behind this door again. And there was a big flash of light and it was like there were stars, a vortex, vortex of stars around. And what I understood, I think we just teleported to another ship, their ship. And I was rescued, and that's how I was. Um, I was rescued. So I once in this ship, it was totally different. It was very bright. Uh, the light seemed to come from nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Um, it was warm. That's the first thing I noticed. It was warm, and the air was better. Could breathe better. They they uh, lay me down on. A couch, uh, and so there were there was another man, man in the room, and an, a woman, so three men and a woman. Um, the woman took care of me, so they were Nordic type extraterrestrials. The two men who had rescued me were removing their suit, but I could see this woman. She was wearing, as they all wear under the spacesuit blue tight uniforms in a sort of a glittery uh, material a golden belt with little like, sort of devices on it I I, 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 I was taught, taught later than these belts are not just belts they are devices that carry weapons uh, sensors uh, all sort of devices um, she was blonde straight hair cut here she had a triangular face she was of a different species than the men she was way smaller um, she had triangular face and huge green eyes enorm enormous green eyes she was very kind she uh, cleans my legs she cleans all the blood and she started to take care of me medically. Um, she tried to remove the implant. At the same time, once I was cleaned, my savior put his uh, suit, spacesuit jacket on me to cover my nudity and to make me warm, to keep me warm. And it was really warm, amazingly warm. And it was so warm that I could feel the temperature, although I couldn't move. That was so weird. And um, I kind of fell asleep and I relaxed. I felt more safe. And uh, so at that moment, um, she was trying, she was fiddling behind my head. And I couldn't feel anything. Maybe a bit tick, tick, tingling sometimes, but it wasn't painful. They were very careful not to hurt me. Um, and she was putting her hand on my shoulder. She was very motherly with me, very nice. And uh, then tension grew between her and my rescuer, the man who I, whom I saw uh, really that he, he had a blonde wavy hair, shoulder length, big blue eyes, um, very high cheekbones, very angular face structure, very muscular. Uh, they were all like this, the men. Um, the woman was from another species. Um, 
So this guy, my rescuer, he seemed to be in control of the ship and he started to command her. This was talking telepathically and he was doing this to her. They were having a change and then they started talking a language. So sometimes they were talking telepathically, sometimes they were talking voice. And I could understand, couldn't understand this language. It sounded very nice. Um, and he, she, it was like if she refused to, to do something that he was pushing her to do. And she finally accepted and she refiddled again my, my implant. And I, I felt a little buzz and suddenly things were different. I could understand what they were saying. That was very weird. And so I fell asleep at a stage and I, and I, and I woke up afterwards. Um, so what they did, I was explained, um, is that they uh, couldn't remove my tracker because I had a tracker. It was just a tracker monitor put by the grace to track me and monitor my health because they had put something in me. What the, the process aborted so they couldn't complete their, their process. But they had put the, the tracker and this tracker was active and uh, they would have been found by other greys with me on board. So they, they need to get rid of the tracker. Uh, they couldn't remove it because they could have but the way where it is, it's it's dangerous to remove it because it's in my brain. It's some, somewhere it's it, it would have affected me. So what they did, they retuned it. They jam it and they retuned it in their frequencies. Mm -hmm. So then uh, that was it. Um, and I woke up. Yeah, sorry. So I was going to say, so uh, so essentially they they kind of like repurposed it. Yes. So, that it would, so rather than it being something that would emit a, a signal that the greys would be able to track, mm. they repurposed it so that um, it would now emit a frequency that, and, and maybe, you, maybe you're going to talk about this in terms of like um, commu future communications with them or them monitoring you. So uh, yeah, uh, no, maybe I jumped in a little early and you were going to get to that. But if you didn't, you know, maybe say a little bit about what, what it was that that grey implant had been repurposed to do that would enable you and, and the, your rescuers to communicate. Yes. Um, when I woke up, um, I, I, I sat, I was in full uh, possession of my, my muscles and everything, and my rescuer came uh, to me and I could see uh, we were in the ship I could see by the front screen the curvature of the earth and then I was shocked and I just realized oh my god I'm really in we are in space and uh, above earth <laughs> seeing that at nine years old it was like oh my god uh, and so he came he sat next to me and he was very gentle he said listen um, we you have been abducted by uh, malevolent beings and you are too young to be explained what it was for but be sure we'd rescued you and be sure that we will look after you all your life 
and uh, you are protected because they will try to get you back, but we will not allow that. And he said, uh, we have retuned the uh, reassign, well, the, the, the implant in your head that they have put to our frequencies, then we will be able to monitor you and make sure you're safe always and uh, communicate with you if needed be. And uh, I had millions of questions, and but he said, I will now need to um, hide your memory and we are bringing you home. And I protested, I didn't want to have my memory uh, erased, not erased, he said hidden. And he put a hand on my head and I fell asleep and I woke up in my bed. So since this, I still have this implant. One day when I was at school, um, I was in my 18th, uh, they activated it. Uh, I have I had several physical contact in between, but that day they activated the implant. I felt like suddenly some somebody was sticking a nail in my head and I fell on my knees and it was very painful. And at the moment I said, ah, oh, that's that hurts. It stopped. The, 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 the pain stopped and I felt this buzzing like somebody's looking for radio frequencies, you know, like you turn the button nearly like this. Um, but it wasn't really like this, but it was similar. I thought about that. Um, and suddenly I heard his voice in my head as clear as if I was with someone at the phone, as clear as phoning to someone. And he said to me, in French, because it was in France, it was happening. He said, do not worry. We are just uh, doing some um, attunements. Uh, some, um, you know, um, and I went, and I knew this voice. I, I could see in my head who it was, that it was this young man with blonde hair. And because I have had um, two or three contacts, three contacts before in between that I may mm -hmm. speak. So I recognized his voice and I knew it was him and I was okay. That was, the, that was one time and they didn't do it for a long time. Uh, and it's just recently that um, in 2018, they came back and they reactivate all that. And since then, I'm in contact with them quasi daily with him. Mm -hmm. That's a story. So this, um, um, the extraterrestrial that uh, you were hearing, that was one of your rescues. Is, is that Thoran? Is that? Thoran, is that... yes. Yeah, okay. So he is uh, someone that is a central figure in your contact experiences and in the communications that you have so you've you've had the physical encounters with uh the different types of extraterrestrials the uh, greys and the pleiadians who rescued you and uh also thoran one of your rescuers i mean he is one of the key people that continues to communicate with you through this implant that had been originally a gray implant but now had yeah. been repurposed uh, by this pleiadian group yeah, yeah, it's absolutely amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, that's what's happening, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
So that means that at any time, I mean, they, they can communicate with you through this implant and give information to you. And they've been doing that. And, and so, so, you know, how, how does that process work? I mean, because uh, I've seen you doing in a, in a few interviews with, with others and you sometimes get into a telepathic communication and other times you begin to channel. So why don't you just explain what, what the difference is? Yes, sure. Um, it's um, okay. I, they, they taught me how to activate it. This, uh, this implant is um, switched on by an overload of, I, of, of energy. So usually it's emotional charge. That means if I some, suddenly I'm scared of something or I have a violent crisis of tears or something happens, it, it, my body produces electricity and it, it, it just switches on, the, 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 it sends a signal, it switches on the implant and it sends a signal and they just bring the, it brings their attention so they connect and they, they, they just what's going on. Uh, but then I learned how to do it, to activate it purposely, willingly. I understood that. So I went, okay. I am going to produce a big load of energy with the key, you know, um, magnetism. And because I've, I, I've been studying Reiki and Qigong, so I could really understand that I can really concentrate energy and send it where the implant is and just put all my heart to just buzz it maximum. And sometimes it clicks. I, 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 I promise I hear like this and it feels um and um and i and does then there's a kind of a background now noise i hear it and i'm connected with him forhan so how does it work the different way of communicating uh i've discovered ama with amazement that telepathy is not what I thought it was. That means that there are two levels of um, telepathic connection. One level is the emotional level and the thought level. That means it's like mind melt, you know, um, like in the movies. Uh, it's like mind to mind connected. That means you can read each other's thought. That's on one level, but they never really do that because they respect everyone's privacy. Then if they want to use telepathy as they do very uh, daily, basically they do, they communicate like this. They won't communicate on this level of emotions and, and thought and mind. It's another level where it's a language level that is disconnected from the thought sphere of the mind that means you can communicate you can speak with someone telepathically but you do not have access to his private thoughts that was a discovery so um i don't know how to do that myself they i, I just know how to connect my mind but so but they do it they 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 they, they switch on the, 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 this kind of channel and um, and so I won't be able to know what he thinks and he won't be he will not be able to know what I think 
but I will speak in my head and I will hear his voice as well. It's a communication like this. And that's very interesting. Channeling is something different. I, I do it less and less because I don't need to do it, never needed to do it. It's telepathy contact is, is, is great enough. But uh, people have asked me to do channelings because they wanted to see and know. I went, okay, all right. But so I've been doing that for a while, but then I, you know, it's, I'm not an entertainment, so I stopped. Um, so how it works, and that's the scary stuff. These implants, so this one is a great technology, but used by uh, the, the Federation and the Pleiadians, and, but it is great technology. These by these implants, Anyone that is uh, attuned, attuned to this sort of kind of implant can control physically a body. So this channeling, when it works with me, when I used to do it with Thoran, because I trust him, it's with my agreement. I give my consent. And by manipulating, by he access by distance this implant, of course. Uh, and it is, we agree that he's going to uh, manipulate the, the top half of my body, the, my shoulders, the muscles of my shoulder, my neck and my head and my face and use my voice. That's very creepy. But he explained to me, uh, he doesn't want to do it anymore either. With, but um, it just, just to amuse people, but now this stuff. <laughs> um, because he said, um, he said, you know, this technology, when it is implanted in, in people against their will and it can be very, very tiny and um, people can be remotely controlled and they don't even know it. They, they can remove, remote control your thoughts, your voice, your speech, your actions and even your, 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 what you, yeah, your thoughts. And he said, now you have an idea that these trackers, what they really are, they, they are trackers, they send a signal like a sat-nav signal, but they are attuned to your nervous system and they can, people can, can uh, they plug on it and they can do anything. And he showed me by this channeling, and I know now what these implants are, are able to do to you. Uh, and it's very scary because he told me about, he said, don't let anyone put into you the tracker dust I know he's talking about the nano you know we're not going to talk about that mm -hmm. and uh, that's the same thing so that that was what I've learned about the technology of these implants and uh, how it works yeah that's very very important uh, what, what you just described there that that uh, gray implant that was put into you back then i guess that's we're talking around in 1979 1980 when it was put into you that uh, their intent was that this would not only track you but also could be used to control you and that and that explains a lot of stories from abductees that say that uh, you know they just kind of like begin to just uh, lose their memories and just do exactly what the what the greys command them to do and they just kind of like follow because because they, they're literally controlled but because your implant was repurposed by the pleiadians 
now you can manually activate it when you want and that enables you to kind of like either telepathically communicate or to have the the, the channeling uh two-way uh contact going with your pleiadian so you get information that way but the but the mind control aspect has been pretty much deactivated in your part because the pleiadians you know they they respect your free will and they're trying to help raise consciousness on the planet but that was not the original intent of the implant and 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 that kind of like you know brings to mind uh, what uh, Elon Musk is trying to do with his neural link that uh, you know people think that this is all about um, being able to access the cloud and this is part of the the kind of coming wave but but in fact we need to keep the cloud is going we, to access you exactly yes that's right it's a two-way process that's the you, you not only can you access the cloud but those that are in control of the control of the cloud can access you and can control you so so uh, yeah that's very important that we understand that these implants um, have that kind of twofold process that you know, yes you can get information going up but also you can get information coming down where you're controlled or manipulated yes and that's something we do also with thorhan um we can decide he showed me that i can i can see through his eyes and hear with what he hears mm -hmm. or he can do that uh, on the other way around so it, it, it's very nice because uh sometimes i hear the click and the buzz and i hear his voice i want to show you something so i close my eyes and i wait and i see like a screen behind my eyes and i see what he sees If I open my eyes, it goes away and it shows me stuff uh, where he is and what he does. And sometimes I do the same. I'm in a nice place uh, on a beach and I said, I, I, I connect, I click. Sometimes I can't, but sometimes it works. And I said, hey, I want to show you something. And I know there's an, a different intensity. And I, I, I look like I try to look very seriously and then when i close my eyes i know it disconnects and he sees what i see it's very nice wow that's 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 great so you can get a lot of kind of firsthand or eyewitness uh, yes eyewitness uh, memories of what what is really happening in in real time and that's something that hopefully we can talk more about uh, you know what what thoran is doing and what he's telling you about current events so that brings me to this experience you had On November 9 and, and November 10, 2018, you wrote about it in a book um, and there was this significant contact experience you had and, and you were told about uh, a dangerous period for the planet that would yeah. occur in two years' time. So tell us about that. It was in November 2018. Um, um, so I had nearly forgotten about them Uh, although I have had a lot of different contacts, physical contact, beamed again about, um, that was another story. In 19, in, sorry, in 2018, uh, I, have ha I haven't had contact maybe for 15 years with them. Um, and suddenly one night, you know, I, you feel it was, you need to go out. I live on the west coast of Ireland and it was nighttime. 
and I went outside. On I will live on uh, on the shore of the the, the Atlantic and on the sea, and um, I looked. I just looked above and the sea, and I saw two UFOs. Uh, just dancing in the sky, like, hey, look at us, you know. They were doing this and moving in the same time and changing speed and coming back. And I went, hey. And suddenly I went, oh, my God. And I could feel in my heart, they're back. They're, oh, wow, UFOs. Maybe it's my friends. Um, Maybe. Uh, and I, as I said, hey, I see you, they shot off on the sea, they disappeared. So there was a connection. And um, I went to bed and this night I had a contact. But what I did, which I'm going to describe, but what I learned in the papers the following day just blew my mind even more, because um, this night is known in Ireland as the Shannon incident. The Shannon airport is next to where I live, not very far. Uh, two UFOs have been uh, sighted by planes, two planes, uh, commercial planes, and one of the planes has spoken with the t- control tower and uh, the conversation has been recorded and you can find it. Shannon incident uh, Google it and you'll find everything about it. So that night, uh, I wasn't expecting it. Oh, oh, I just saw UFO. That's so cool. This is great. But <laughs> I wasn't expecting the rest. Light beam in my bedroom. What? And um, this time I wasn't lifted. I was like teleported, but it was very quick. And I'm on board their ship again. My, my friends and Thoran is here. There's way more people. Uh, Myra, the lady is here. The others are here. There are more people, different uniforms and black hair, different races. And uh, it's hugs and joy and they are very happy and everyone is buzzing with energy and joy and happiness in this ship. It's, it's really impressive. What's going on? And why, how? And um, Thoran said to me, says to me, we are back, we are back, like this, we are back. I went, yes, yes, great. Uh, what's up? <laughs> and he said, we are back because something, something extraordinary, extraordinary is going to happen for this planet. Something extraordinary is going to happen for this planet. And they were very enthusiastic about it. And that... I always tell myself that I need to remember how enthusiastic they were because it wasn't like, oh my God, we're coming by because that's going to go so bad and we're here to help, but that's good. No, it was, yes, that's good. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, you know? But that was weird. That's great. That means very hopeful for our future. But then it was so, I say, what's going what's gonna to happen then? Um, and then suddenly, oh, maybe we spoke too much. You know, they were like, oh, calm down. Um, and um, so what's going to happen? He said, in two, so he said, okay, I just, I can't tell you what's going to happen. Just know that we are here. We come here to 
he said these words. We 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 came here to, we came back to um, clear the mud at the bottom of the pond. He didn't say swamp. He did say pond. Mm-hmm. Um, that everybody sees it, and then the water will be cleared. I, I couldn't understand that. I went, oh, yeah. And then he said, um, I can tell you that as well. Enjoy life. Go out, go to the pub as much as you can. See your friends, go and listen to some music. Party, party a lot and have social life as you haven't had before. Because in two years, two years time, something's going to happen and you won't like it. And he said, it's temporary. But that's going to be a bit difficult. What's going to happen in two years' time? And um, so he told me something uh, then related to politics. Are we allowed, allowed to talk about politics or? Yes, no, politics is fine. Okay. He, because he named a politician? Uh, is, is it okay? Yes. Yes. Oh yes. Um, yeah, you can name you can name the politician. That's okay. Uh, I try not to. Mm-hmm. Okay, I try not to. Um, so I said, okay, two years time is the American elections. Is that linked to it? And uh, he went like, hmm. I said, okay, so it is. And I said, oh, will the the guy in place now be reelected? And uh, and he said, he will by the people, but you will see. I see. Okay, that's me talking politics, <laughs> but that's him actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, well, that was very interesting in the context of what happened. Um, recently, in December 2020, I told him, really didn't go how, how you said it would regarding to this politic situation, political situation. And he said, it did. What I told you happened. But now people need to see the face of the dark and who their enemies are. And he said no more. Mm-hmm. So that's what that what it is about for the, the prediction he told me. Oh. So, so that was um, that prediction was given to you in uh, in November two thousand and eighteen in that yes. contact experience where you were taken up into the ship, and yes. uh, that was actually a famous uh, UFO sighting in Ireland, the, the, the yeah. Shannon incident. So it's documented. So this is this is great because yeah. it means that you you, you actually have independent corroboration for your contact experience yeah this this, this sighting there one of the two ufos that was uh, seen and discussed and you talk about that in your in your book um yeah. so so thoran talks about this period that uh you know we're in right now uh, a period where you know the, the bottom of the pond or if you want to call it the swamp is going to be 
revealed and it's going to be purged. So we're right, we're in the middle of that because right now, yeah. um, as, as we all know, <laughs> everyone is kind of like waiting to see what's going to happen. And um, yeah, there's a lot we could go into, but we probably want to focus on your experience. Yeah, I don't like to talk about these things, you know, too much. Uh, it's yeah. yeah, it's not related to me. <laughs> That's right, right. Um, but I think, uh, you know, talking about the Galactic Federation yes. um, is important because yeah. that seems to be something, because I, I, I personally have been aware of the Galactic Federation uh, for several decades now. I worked with a number of contactees, Alex Collier being one of them, and I know you're going to be interviewing him in a, uh, a week or so. So that's, that's great to see Alex uh, out there and still... Um, sharing his information. But yeah, the Galactic Federation is, uh, is, is an organization that uh, Thoran and this Pleiadian group belongs to. So why don't you tell us what you know of the Galactic Federation and Thoran's role with it? Yes. <laughs> so um, so I, I discovered that on board this ship, uh, there was different races. He was from uh, the Pleiades, um, another guy as well. The lady was from Sirius B and another guy was from Epsilon Eridani. So it was a mix of races and I couldn't really get it. So I was explained later on that they are uh, one of the many, many, many scout ships that are rescuing people from abductions and they try to rescue as much people as possible. And when it's children, it's great. And then I learned that they are doing operations, not only rescuing people. Uh, they have, so they are part of a big, a very ancient organization called the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Then they rarely say of worlds, they say the Galactic Federation. Um, so it's a benevolent um federation of, of many, 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 many worlds that have reached a level, they call it level two, it's interstellar travel. But that means that you are able, your civilization is able to leave the boundaries of your solar system with inhabited floods. So that's the requirement. Could you but explain that again? In, we didn't get that. What kind of flights? Inhabited, inhabited, interstellar flight uh, with people on board. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, that's the technological requirement because once you've reached this uh, stage, you are ready to share higher knowledge, technological knowledge with other civilizations because they put all the knowledge in common, the technological and medical knowledge in common in this federation that everybody shares and benefit from each other. But you need for that to have reached a certain level, minimum level. But that also is not the only requirement. The, the, the other requirement, which is as important, is that you have reached a stage of uh, peace, uh, that you are a benevolent species and you have no desire to harm anyone, that you are you have reached a certain stage of wisdom and uh, that your planet is federated in peace, like its own, you know, federated world in peace. And that is a condition. They even, you know, they don't accept, they won't accept uh, a, a world, a civilization who, who 
despite the, the level of technology, is fighting each other and being belligerent and killing each other and have has ideas of conquering other worlds to take resources. No, that they don't take these ones. And we're a bit like this, I have to say. So they are trying very hard to help us reaching a stage of peace, getting on with each other. The problem is that our occupants, they do the contrary. They try, they manipulate us to try to maintain us in a stage of uh, arguing with each other, you know, divide and conquer. So this Galactic Federation looks after the balance and uh, justice in this galaxy, the peace. So people say, oh, but what about the Galactic Federation of Light? So I have been answered to that, uh, to that, that uh, it, this name as such doesn't exist. People, when they say Galactic Federation of Light, they mention the Galactic Federation that, of Worlds, but um, they don't know really about it. So they say of light, oh, because they're, they're fighting for the light, light and dark, you know, it's very Manichaean, but it's more subtle, subtle than this. The Galactic Federation works for balance. And sometimes balance involves allowing uh, the, the dest some destructive force to harm a culture, that this culture learns and grows from it and reaches a stage of wisdom that they would have never reached otherwise. Sometimes, you know, so they... they they are not like uh, Justice League killing all the baddies. They look for balance. That's what I've been explaining. It's very something very delicate to, to understand. And they go by one greatest universal rule. And all, you know, even the baddies, <laughs> the, baddies the, the malevolent ones, also go by this same rule, free will. This is for them a sacred, for everyone in this galaxy. It's like they've understood that this is the law of evolution, the law of all life, free will. It is only by your, your free decision uh, that you, you, the actions you do by your own, that you, you evolve. Um, so they respect, so, you know, they respect our decisions um, it is, it is, you know, they have been helping us since a very, very, very long time. They were, that what I've been told, they were, their attention was brought towards our little planet at the fringe of this galaxy by the Andromedan Council, who had foreseen our future and has, have said to the Federation, uh, who are more a military kind of organization, hey, this little blue planet there at the edge of the galaxy, they're going to be in trouble soon. So let's do something about it. So, um, so they've been helping us behind the scenes, not to interfere with our evolution, but they've been helping us a lot. 
they've created uh, recently something that they call the alliance it's or the earth alliance it's um an alliance a military alliance of forces between this galactic federation and some earth military um departments factions but benevolent ones to help clearing all the undergrounds notably um things like that you know um so that's what the alliance is um what else about this galactic federation so yes they 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 insisted oh uh, yeah so recently because you have me started on that <laughs> recently recently there has been messages they've started to pass because humanity is awakening consciousness of humanity is awakening and we start to realize that we are more powerful than we were conditioned to believe so that's the moment that's now that's the window when we stand up in our sovereignty and step out of slavery so the galactic federation has started to send out messages to as many contactees as they could to say realize you have free will request assistance to the galactic federation as equal stand on your feet do not kneel do not consider yourself inferior as us because it is again maintaining yourself in state of slave uh request assistance we already give you assistance it's not the point the point is by you requesting assistance you liberate yourself from uh, a slavery that has been decided for you in the 1950s yes i'm so, very very important what you mentioned there about the andromeda council connection to all of this and and that was the andromeda council that brought the attention of the galactic federation a more kind of military organization to yeah. the importance of earth for the uh for the future of the galaxy because i as i recall uh alex collier talked about this around 1991 so it's like 30 years ago he talked about the andromeda council uh saying that uh they could see or that they came because 400 i think it was around 400 years in our future or in the future there would be a galactic tyranny uh that would emerge and would take over the gal take over the galaxy kind of like like in the star wars you know the empire suddenly emerges and takes over <sighs> the galaxy and uh, and alex said that uh what 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 the andromedans did was that they traced the source of this tyranny where does it come from because it suddenly erupted 400 years in the future and he, and and he says that they traced it back to to the earth the moon and mars in this period of time oh and, my god and, and so that's and they said that this was where this future galactic tyranny uh would uh grow out of and that exactly matches the information that I've been getting uh from people like Corey Good, uh, Bill Tompkins and many others that I've talked about in the uh Secret Space Program book series where the, the Germans because they reached an alliance with the reptilians established 
um, a, a base first in Antarctica. Then they uh, went to the moon and established a base there with, with the help of the reptilians and then went to Mars. And, and now that's, that's the center of their operations, this German Antarctic uh, uh, um, this German Antarctic um, colony. And so this is where you have the Earth, Moon, Mars connection. And the, the Germans on Mars uh, are, are working with the reptilians, and it's, it's called the Dark Fleet. Everyone talks about the Dark Fleet. And the Dark Fleet is going out there and assisting the reptilians in conquering all of these human worlds. And presumably, if this continues, this is how this galactic tyranny uh, will, will emerge. So right now... Uh, because all of this information is emerging, and as you were talking about, the Galactic Federation is here. They're trying to help us, not by overtly intervening, but by kind of raising consciousness, spreading the awareness of what's going on. And, um, and that way, we are being helped to expose the, the swamp or to expose the deep state. Uh, and because that, that deep state, this swamp, is all predicated behind the scenes on this kind of Fourth Reich, this German reptilian alliance that is working with the cabal that has bases in Antarctica, the moon and Mars, and is fueling this kind of interplanetary conquest through the dark fleet. So, so right now, this is the period where, you know, either, either we succeed, and it seems that according to what you were told, um, back in 2008, 18, that we do succeed in kind of exposing this. There's going to be a great awakening that the truth is coming out. And, and not only do we free our planet from uh, centuries and millennia of deep state and reptilian control, but we also stop this galactic tyranny from emerging 400 years in our future. Yeah, I've been told that the... the, 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 the fate of the galaxies is as at stake uh, at the moment with what's happening on earth you 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 go what yeah it's understandable and i've been told as well at the, this this facilities on mars uh, ruled by there are rept reptilians mainly but are grays as well but the reptilians rule there and the moon as well moon we are grays so there's been recently huge huge battles behind the moon thoran told me the the the, the moon has been purged out of the grays, the structural um, occupation. And that has been going on for a long time, fights, really very violent fights. And recently, like I think two months ago, he said to me, it's secure now. They are going to try to attack again, but it's secured. Why? Because the moon is a strategic position and uh, it's access to Earth. It's very easy to monitor Earth. And it's... Uh, drilled with tunnels and facilities it's like you know like a, um and so all the slaves taken you know what what i've been told about this human slave for slave trafficking workforce mainly they were brought first to antarctica concentrate there and from antarctica brought either to the moon either to mars but moon was usually the first uh step uh, and then dispatched uh, on Mars. It's horrendous what's happening there. Phobos and Deimos, these two satellites, are 
two slave facilities for the Zeta Reticuli and well, Solipsirai, as they call him, them, and uh, the Mitra, Mitra, or despicable tall grays that that's horrible people. Um, and Mars, well, yeah, that's it. So the moon uh, at the moment has been secured. So I, I connect once with Thorhan, and that was these moments where I could see through his eyes. And he was in his in, in a ship, and I could see um, uh, a triangular black ship imploding, imploding in through the front, and uh, destroyed. And it was in the middle of the conflict behind the the hidden side of the moon. And um, and then he went away from this scene of combat, and we we spoke a little, few minutes before I need to disconnect. Um, and he said, he explained to me that in a solar system, in a star system, um, the, the more advanced civilization has the duty to look after the life forms on all the other planets of the system. If they can't because they're not evolved enough, some um, structures like the Galactic Federation or other councils, they are allowed to protect this life from invaders. The time, the main civilization grows and is able to do it. And then he said, each satellite belongs, this planet satellite belongs to the, the, the planet it orbits around. And uh, he, he said, for instance, you you if there is life on Mars, but indigenous local life, you are not allowed to go and take their satellites. That's, you know, it, it, it explained to me all, all these things. And so they, they've secured the moon. And he said, it, the moon doesn't belong to us, but we'll secure it for you. Now, what I, I know is there are many different human um, companies that have been built mining uh, facilities on the moon. There's, Chinese, there's many countries. Uh, but he said, that's not our problem. You do whatever with your satellite, he said. Uh, we're not to interfere. You want to destroy it? Destroy it. It's yours. The, there's no life form there. There's nothing we, we need to protect. Uh, if you, you, you kill your, each other on, on the moon, uh, we don't intervene. It's, we're not concerned. But if there was indigenous life form, we would be concerned, of course. That's, that's the story. So, yeah, Thorhan, uh, when he rescued me, was a ship pilot, well, ship captain and pilot. And uh, he has been upgraded, upgraded uh, as a fleet commander. They have many, little, a little fleet, uh, not really a big commander, but, you know, that's it. Uh, you mentioned the Earth Alliance and the Galactic Federation working yeah. with world leaders. So yeah. I've heard that President Trump, has been working with the Galactic Federation and actually may himself be a Pleiadian. So can you say anything about that? Do you know anything? I know, yes, he's been working with them, the Galactic Federation. Uh, I I don't think he is a Pleiadian. Um, mm. I don't think he is. Mm. Um, but his wife... Um, has extraterrestrial uh, origins um, that I've been I've been told. 
Okay, yeah. uh, very, very, very. Uh, yeah, that's typical, isn't it, for powerful people, uh, powerful men, especially that it's <laughs> the wife that brings in the cosmic uh, connection. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the people that um, uh, has come out recently and said that President Trump is working with uh, the Galactic Federation is a professor uh, from Israel. Uh, Haim Eshed, who actually uh, was the head of Israel's space program for nearly 30 years. And before that, he worked for Israel's military intelligence community. And and he actually said that uh, Trump was in communications with the Galactic Federation and was ready to actually reveal what was going on. Uh, But uh, the, the Federation said, no, no, humanity isn't ready yet. Do you know anything about that? Yes, I, I've heard the same thing uh, about human. Yeah, I've heard as well they are working. So they've told me, yeah, um, USA, um, is Israel, France, and Japan. They say mainly there are other countries, but the mo- the, the biggest uh, connection they have is with USA, Israel, France, and Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably others, but they didn't say. Um, yes, uh, everything you, you you said has been. I've heard the same. Um, I didn't want to say. Forget. Um, mm-hmm. But that's important that that you, from what you know, that the Galactic Federation is is working with leaders from around the world. But you identified those four countries: uh, uh, the United States, Japan, Israel, and France. That that Israel is working with the Galactic Federation. So that means that. And because Haimi Eshed was the head of Israel's space program, that he himself would have had first-hand knowledge of what the Galactic Federation was doing. And, yes. and the fact that he came out and publicly gave an interview where he talked about this and talked about some of the things you were saying, that the Galactic Federation is saying that, um, you know, we aren't technologically ready yet because we need to be, kind of like get closer to becoming an interstellar society. Um, and also that uh, we need to be more united as a planet, that he was also saying those, those sorts of things. Yes, and there's a dimension also of consciousness that is involved. Uh, we are considering, humanity is in general considering themselves as willingly willingly slaves to, to be manipulated and be like they've, we've been maintaining a kind of a dark age of ignorance about who we truly are and now everyone is trying to wake us up to uh, look how you you are powerful you look at all your psychic abilities um, and once we 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 realize our the in kind of interdimensional uh, dimension of our consciousness and everything we can do um, you know we will be more able to understand and to deal with the, the, these beings because I'm—I mean, I've—I could experience it myself. Uh, I've been up there sometimes. Uh, may, most of the time, I go there. They—they uh, they beam me physically, but sometimes when it's too dangerous, uh, I've been taken out of my body, my 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 being out of my body and rematerialized there, and how all these things. Uh, oh my God! Uh, you know we we can do this. 
and um, how <laughs> you know that, that's we need to 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 understand who we are really um so the they say as well we are not ready yet and that involves as well uh fear and chaos thorhan said to state to me there is enough chaos on your planet at the moment not to add up to it uh, a fleet an armada of sheep just arriving and landing in front of the the white house or in your you know it says we're not going to do that and add more stress to everything and anyway we will not do it because it is war and if we do this we can be attacked uh, the war is not over um something very important he says often he says tell them that we are not that we are not here to save you but we are here we came to help you saving yourselves because that he, he repeats that to me all the time and he says if we would be to save you if we would save you you wouldn't have learned and grown and some drama would come again and you would be obliged to deal with it this is evolution you need to grow up and liberate yourself and we are here to help you we won't let you down you know there i i've i've heard this sentence from someone very uh, very uh, quite extraordinary which is Valthor, he said to me, whom I met, we will never let you down. We never had and we never will. I broke in tears when he said that to me. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you did mention um, in one of your interviews that you had this encounter with uh, Valiant Thor in, I think, December 2020. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about who Valiant Thor is and his connection with the Galactic Federation and what's happening on planet Earth at the moment. Yes. Um, I was doing these channelings uh, on YouTube and uh, some people were asking me, oh, ask to talk to Val Valiant Thor. And I barely heard the name. I didn't really know who this guy was. So I asked Thorhan, he said, oh, yeah. He said, um, I don't think it will work because... Uh, I don't even know if I will dare bothering this person. So he told me that uh, Valiant Thor is not his name. It's Val, Commander Val Thor. And Valiant is an interpretation, Earth interpretation of the name that means brave, but it's not in his name. He is um, indeed living on Venus. Uh, he is uh, of the race Tal. The Tal, they look like, like me. Caucasian brown hair. Um, they are from the Pleiades as well, but they have settled on, on Venus since a very, very, very long time and they consider themselves Venusians. They called this planet the Venus Na Nara. Nara. Um, so he, he said he's still working on missions with the governments on earth but he is very secret and he doesn't want to have any more interaction with humans because he was tired of interacting with humans so he Thorhan said to me you don't stand a chance <laughs> so he said I will 
put a request. You never know. Um, and so two months later, Torhan had no response. So he said to me, you better forget it. And one day, one night, Thoran connected and he said, I have a surprise for you. He said, some, some, somebody you wanted to talk to is with me. And in this moment, you know, when they decide, you just, you have no choice than letting down everything you're doing at the moment and just prepare to beam up. And I was beamed up on the the, mod, the mothership, um, which Thorhan, Thorhan calls the station, which is an orbit of Earth. He works there. And um, that I couldn't believe my eyes. Uh, it took, takes me always a few seconds to accoutumate to, you know, uh, the lights. It's like lit sparkles of light everywhere. So my vision is not... Uh, sharp from st straight away and uh, sensation in the body and it lasts few seconds and then I realized Thorhan was there there were two other men with um, a silvery white silvery uniform which was a recognized a tall uniform they were they were both very tall uh, short brown hair uh, yeah muscular um, big neck, like muscular, and um, one of them had clear brown hair, very, sh very sharp, very short. Uh, and he was looking at me, and I was feeling that was him. And I was feeling a kind of an aura, a very powerful aura from the magnetism from this person. He was very charismatic. Um, so this is not, yeah, so this is not the first one you see in the first. This is the, the, this is the guy just behind him. Oh, so that's not Valiant Thor, the person holding the, no. the newspaper? Is it no. the one in the middle? Yeah, he looked, he looked like the one in the middle, but he had a stronger chin okay. than this one. The, the, yeah, yeah, he said that it wasn't uh, him, uh, and I don't recognize him because he was more muscular than this guy. Okay, so, so the person you saw was neither one of these two that people often associate with Val, Val Thor. Yeah, no, he, he looked like a lot like the guy in the second. It could have been him, but the thing is, the hair were different, were, were shorter, and mm -hmm. he had a bigger chin. But you know, the photo is maybe because he's just putting his head like this. But the lady, what just, what just hit me is the lady, because I met the lady afterwards. That's, that's his, she was, uh, she's an extraterrestrial, this lady. I, I met her. And uh, so... So, so that I, lady we see there, uh, I think Commander Jill Dunn, I think they called her. Gillian, Gillian. I met her afterwards, yes. I see, okay. So that's how I clicked and I went, okay, that, that I, I saw her and I went, I know, I know this person. I saw her on a photograph and that was her. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, what Valthor told me um, about this photo is that um the person in the first 
plane is not him, mm -hmm. it's Frank Stranges. Because he had a bit of a problem with this person. Um, when he was there, uh, he, he stayed there three years. Um, and he wanted to meet, uh, he met with many people from different religions. He wanted, he was curious about religions. Um, and he was there also, you know, uh, he was there also to learn and to uh, to learn about uh, people. Um, and so he met this this uh, Frank, and uh, he said this person. He was very nice. He was very curious, but he he said he took advantage of to promote his religion, and um, he didn't like that. He said I couldn't say anything. I was told by my council uh, to uh, communicate with the earthlings in their language with their expressions and concepts that they could understand. So he arrived in a country which was very uh, religious at the time in the late 50s. Uh, so he needed to go with the flow not to shock anyone. And of course, Frank Strangers, who really loved him, uh, just couldn't stop, you know, telling about him and using um, Valthor to promote his, his beliefs, which are nice. I mean, everybody's entitled to his own beliefs. But um, Val wasn't really happy with that, but he couldn't say anything. That is how he decided that he wouldn't interact with earthlings anymore not to cause that confusion because they were getting the earthling said earthlings can become a bit excited in this kind of um, encounter so but that wasn't you know that's not important what's important is what he told me about president eisenhower because that's we went straight to the point well i went straight to the point uh the first discussion uh I said, um, so, so what, what happened? So that's what he explained to me. Um, in the 1940s, the Greys of the Orion Alliance had uh, decided to take over Earth. Uh, reptilians were already there, but the Greys were, that's, reptilians on, were not really involved in that. They, they just plugged on the thing. Uh, so it's all about the Greys, this story. They couldn't, they could have, the grace could have taken over the earth like this because they have the power to throw this planet out of orbit if they want. They didn't. Why? Because of the Galactic Federation. They would have started a war. They would have bro broken the law of non-intervention or free will. So their tactic that they use and the reptilian also, everywhere else in this galaxy, is the same tactic. They will get the population of the world they want to invade to consent to be invaded, officially to sign for it. Then, free will, the Galactic Federation cannot intervene because they go against the free will of the population. So the Grey's work was to get the most powerful leaders of this planet representing humanity to sign agreements with them on behalf of humanity. Uh, 
so these agreements were that you agree that we settle on your planet, you offer us facilities, you let us settle here and do our business. And in exchange, we give you technology and we help you in war technology and enforcing your weapons. Great. The thing is, uh, Eisenhower never wanted to sign for that. And Valthor told me, and I could feel emotion. Um, he said, this man, he said, talking about Eisenhower, he said, he was, he employed these words, he said, he was a remarkable man. He said, because he loved his children and grandchildren, especially his grandchildren, so much that he didn't want a world where his grandchildren would have grown up in the nightmare we, we are in today. Um, so happened that at the moment the Greys contacted Earth, uh, the Galactic Federation said, there's something we can do. We can offer the Earthlings the choice they will choose. The balance, they work for balance. So they sent a contingent, um, a contingent to meet President Eisenhower. Um, there were different races from the Federation, mostly humanoids, not to scare everyone. And they said, okay, here is what we offer to you. Do not sign with these people. We praise you. If you sign with the grace, you go to your doom. They are, they do trickeries, they, they are liars. If we offer you in exchange, if you want to sign with extraterrestrials to exchange technology, we can offer us, the Galactic Federation, and we will help you to uh, disarm all your weapons, get on with each other, Fed build a world, federated world where everybody lives in unity. We will give you medical knowledge and we will help you get out of this. And so Eisenhower wanted this world for his grandchildren because he loved children so much. That's Val Thor told me that. He loves children so much. And um, he was about to, 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 to decide with the, 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 the Federation and behind his back, the MG-12, the MJ-12 signed with the Greys and all the government. And even President Eisenhower, even if he fought hard for that, he could never rescind disagreements. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, in one hand, peace and love, and in the other hand, super war technology. Yeah, <laughs> that, you know, so, um, so what the Galactic Federation has been doing since then is to try to wake up people, telling them, hey, you have the right to rescind these agreements if you request assistance to us. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and they have been helping a lot. Mm -hmm. So I want to bring it to, to a close because we're about an hour and a half now into this. So um, this, this awakening process that the yes. Galactic Federation is, is encouraging and helping us, 
you know, this is what we're in at the moment. So, and a lot of people are very discouraged. A lot of people yeah. uh, are thinking terrible things are about to happen. So do you have any kind of words of encouragement uh, for people as we are in this very difficult time and, and, and what to look forward to regarding this great awakening? Yes, I would say um, I'm very hopeful because I, I know those who work as our allies put their lives at risk. They die for us. And Thorhan once said to me, do you think we would be here putting our lives at risk if we were thinking it wasn't worth it? It does. And they, they showed me a future timeline, which is at the moment we are on this timeline where everyone, every countries of all the countries are federated. That's going to happen. Medical knowledge that has been given to us and free energy is going to be released and accessible. It's starting to happen. Never lose hope because we have the ability to, to build our future, to create it because you have such a power with your, our mind of creation. You have no idea. We have been lied to like we have. We are just biological forms. We are not. We are interdimensional beings and we are very powerful. It's time we wake up and we embrace it and we refuse fear. Anything that induces fear and confusion, let us refuse it and center in ourselves. And there's a propaganda, of course, that has been uh, thrown since uh, very lately against the Galactic Federation. Oh, they're evil. They work with the Cabal, blah, blah, blah. It's because were, people are starting to realize they, that they can request assistance and stand up as galactic beings that we are. So don't listen all this noise. Just listen to your heart and Know that you are powerful and the future is really, really bright. It's, it's going to get difficult to get there. It's not over, but never, ever despair. There's no reason to. So anything you would like to share about uh, your upcoming events and where people can get your book and anything else you recommend? <laughs> um, well, I am... Um, I contacted Alex Collier, and uh, it's uh, it's very exciting to have exchanges because we are um, exchanging the same data. We've in contact with the same people, and it's quite exciting. So um, I'm interviewing him on my channel, YouTube channel, Elena Danan, on the 23rd of March, very soon. Um, so look, you can look up at my channel. There's plenty of uh, interviews and interesting things. You can get my book, A Gift from the Stars, that I have here, uh, illustrated by myself with my drawings um, um, on Amazon, but not only, on Barnes & Noble. So if you go to my website, you have all the links, elenadanan.org. So um, that's about me. Thank you, Elena, so much for sharing all of that. This has uh, been an incredible interview. We've covered really a lot of territory. Look forward to our next interview and maybe uh, getting to talk more about the 110 extraterrestrial races you identify in your book. 
I think that would be very valuable. So thank you.